greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Welcome to Interman Radio. Last week, we talked about the silver bullet to overcoming all your bad habits. Today, we're going to talk about the gap between that potential and our performance, a gap that we also call failure. That's right. What happens if we've bought into our potential in Christ to overcome sin, but we still find ourselves falling to some of the same old bad habits we had? Welcome to Interman Radio, where we accomplish more than we thought we could through God's power working in us. So let's drop the excuses, pick up our Bibles, and prepare to win. Mark, in the first five episodes, we really covered the whole idea of our potential in Christ to overcome sin and what the process of doing that looks like. And we've covered the steps that a person can go through to change those old, bad, sinful habits and replace them with good habits. And really, the bottom line is is becoming more like Christ. Yeah, all in five short episodes. Yeah, five. (laughs) (laughs) So if a person has started that process Mm -hmm. and they find themselves into it, but all of a sudden they fall back into an old habit. Right. And, And so just questioning, am I still a Christian? I mean, these promises are great. The new potential is great. I still am battling this habit. So maybe, maybe I'm just not a Christian because of that. Or maybe, maybe this habit's too big. Maybe. What would we say to a person who's bumped into that wall? Uh, I think we would say join the club. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what I would tell them. I would say, well, you're in the right place, pal. You know, we come with all of our habits into Christianity. And while our state changes immediately, we move from lost to saved, Mm -hmm. we move from sinner to saint, but really the mind is slow to catch up to that. And what we've been given in potential and what we've been given in conscience, which is perfection, is going to take some time before that reflects in practice. So in 1 John chapter 2, You know, John writes at the beginning, he says in verse 1, My little children, I'm writing these things to you 
that you may not sin. And that that's yeah. really the goal here, right. is that you may not sin, that you put those things behind you, and you embrace the character of Christ. But then he adds, and if anyone sins... No, why would John anticipate that that well, might even be necessary? I have no idea. Yeah, maybe he's maybe yeah. he's dealt with people before. He says, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. What happens? Let's you know, a Christian sins. I think all of us, you know, when when we became Christians, we were immersed into Christ. We at least I thought, you know what? Yeah. I'm not going to commit any sins. That's I'm, right. Yeah, I'm, I got a clean slate now. You know, I don't want to blow it. Upward and onward from here. That's right. (laughs) Yep. And so, you know, I'm not sure exactly how long that record lasted, uh, but I don't think it was that long. But it reveals a a real misunderstanding of the way that grace works. In in Romans chapter 4, there's a little Old Testament quote here in verse 7. He says, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered. Now, that really refers to our past that's been removed. Mm -hmm. The lawless deeds forgiven, the sins have been covered. Okay. Right. But verse 8 is really more powerful than verse 7. When he says, Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account, that looks future. The sin that he will not take into account. So not only have our past things been removed, but our future things have been removed too. It's not like when somebody becomes a Christian that they can keep their slate clean. Right. Their slate is already clean. Ah. It, it's not up to me not to put a, a blight on my uh, on my uh, on my new leaf. It's already clean, and it stays clean because the righteous man who lives by faith, the Lord will not take his sin into account. That's a huge change in the way that we we need to see grace a little bit differently. So for the Christian who's who's who said, you know what, I think I'll try this newfangled idea of setting my mind on the character of Christ and it's going to miraculously produce change in me just like it did in Moses. Right. But then he bonks. Well, first, there's that kind of gut check, like, did, did, you know, did I miss something? Did I blow it? Did I, what did I do wrong? And the answer is probably nothing. Nothing, you didn't do anything wrong. Well, you, as far as the process goes. Yeah, exactly. The, the process, you, you probably did right. But it's going to take a little bit of time for our practice to catch up to our potential. So really then, the, the, we don't want to beat ourselves up overly in that regard to say, oh man, I blew it, I failed, and now i got to grovel back to God and beg Him for and hope that He can still help me. And that's not the mindset at all. No, it shouldn't be. But that's been replaced by a clean conscience because right. the slate's still clean, because God still does not take that sin into account, but also of a sober realization that it can take some time yeah. between uh, renewing the mind and having that result in practice. Ex- exactly. That, that's exactly it. Real quick though, Mark. Yeah. What about the idea of of remorse for our sin? Mm-hmm. Because when when I first bumped into this idea, I'd like to say that I I was diligently seeking and found it, but I kind of bumped into all this <laughs> stuff, right? So yeah. it was a it was really tough to know. Okay, so I don't go to God and grovel anymore if I sin. And, and hope that he forgives me. I don't go offer my own forms of sacrifice. God, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to do that now. I'm going to do right. that now to cover for. Right. Okay. But that creates a bit of a vacuum. Like, okay, what? So should I be flippant when I sin? Should I be, well, God, you know, you covered it. So it's all, we're all good. What should the attitude of a person be? Should they 
buy into their potential in Christ, but then mess up? That, that is a great question, because we're not trying to sweep sin under the rug. We're not trying to, to turn a blind eye to sin. Grace is what gives us the opportunity to deal with sin openly and honestly with God, because we don't have to hide anything with God. Our sins have already been forgiven, so we can, with confidence, approach the throne of grace that we may find help in, in time, time of need, need right? right? Right. So, So grace gives us the confidence to go before God without punishment without you know the without the groveling without the but what god expects and demands from us according to first john chapter 1 is some honesty so you know if if i if i blow up at somebody if i do something i ought not to do and i commit a sin what god wants number 1 is he wants honesty so we got we got to be straight up with god and say lord here's the deal i did this I did not live up to your standard of compassion or your standard of gentleness or whatever it is. We're up front. We own it. Okay. Now, the rest of that, from that point on, if you're groveling, if you're staying in that place, that becomes self-serving. And grace is not designed to be a pity party for you. Grace is designed so that we have minimal downtime if we should fall. Okay. Okay. So you bump. All right. You get back up. You assess the situation, what I need to do to change it. But all of the, all of the copious tears and all of that, all that stuff is self-serving. Get back up, get on the bike, and get going again. Right. So we deal with it openly, honestly, and now we move on. Okay. So I hope that... Yeah. Okay. Very good. And so what does that moving on look like at this point? Well, that moving on looks like, number one, I kind of do have to do a little bit of a gut check. If, uh, if I've missed something or, you know, if, I've, if I have... Uh, if I've sinned, if I've fallen, okay, so let's deal with it. Let's take a look at it. Does that change who I am in Christ? No. It, well, it doesn't. Sometimes we we bought, um, though not deliberately, but it was just sold to us, and, and we picked it up you know, by osmosis, that if you sin, you're outside of God's grace, and then you've got to, you've got to work your way back into God's grace. Academically, we know that's not true, but sometimes we have to stop and be reminded that if I've committed a sin, I want to stop and remind myself I'm a new creature in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 is still as true for the person who has sinned as the person who didn't today. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Those new things are in me. Okay. So if I commit a sin today, I'm still a new creature. In fact, that verse and others similar to that, that's really where they find their power is in those instances because now it takes faith to believe that which we cannot see. Right on. And that's where those things are put to work. Yeah. And it's that faith then that motivates us to take the next step. I'm still a new creature? All right then. I'm going to dust myself off because this isn't the way new creatures behave. And I'm going to move forward, see, empowered by that faith. So I'm going to continue to renew the mind. And on the same things that I that we talked about last week, I'm going to find that characteristic of Christ. I'm going to keep on it. I'm going to stay after it. I'm going to work it and I'm going to I'm going to really dwell on and look at the glory of Christ through his character. I'm going to continue to put that on. The danger is that somebody loses resolve. Yes, that's a huge danger. It sure is. Uh, it's easy to do anyway but especially with regards to things that take some faith to see. Yep, yep. It's so easy when we, when we hit that point where we come up against something hard, 
we fail, and the fleshly side of us at that point wants to say, oh, I blew it. Yeah. Oh, it was a good try, though, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, we tried hard. And his grace covers me, so, yeah. <laughs> but I quit. Yeah. See, and it's the same thing that happens with New Year's resolutions. Oh, yeah. You know, people, they make their New Year's resolutions, and those things look awesome. Yes. On January 1st. They do, and the health clubs love them. They do. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's right. But I need a new jogging suit because I'm going to be resolved this year. It's, it's different than last year. And what happens is, you know, about six days into it, we bonk. Yeah. So the fleshly side of us at that point says, well, I blew it. I broke my New Year's resolution. So Why try? I guess I'm yeah. off the hook <laughs> yeah. until next January. <laughs> right? Yes. And yes. That's, and that's why uh, health clubs will start their, you fell off your resolution plan marketing in, <laughs> in late January, early February. They do. Yeah. They've already got it already in place, ready to roll. They know. Yeah. They know. Now, who said that if you didn't do your exercise on day six, that that breaks your resolution? Where is that written? If you've resolved to do something, you can't let a little failure stand in your way. Failure is part of every great enterprise. So get over yourself, get back up again, and, and get going. Repentance is a resolve. It's a resolve. I'm going to do better. I'm going to inherit. I'm going to... I'm going to appropriate... That one, too. Yes. This characteristic, like the ability to enunciate clearly. I'm yes. Gonna, I'm, going to, I'm going to get that. Well, repentance is a resolve. Repentance is, I'm going to change my life. I'm changing my life. I'm changing my mind to what's pleasing to God. So if I sin, do I just give up on that? No. Well, I tried, but I guess, it, I guess repentance doesn't work for me. So actually... When a person fails, that's really when this process is actually put to work. That's, yeah. that's Now it's time for us to actually put this into practice because if everything is going just great and smooth and we never have a problem, then there's really no need for this, is there? No, there isn't. No. This is where, this is where the power for change really gets tested and really gets implemented. Well, praise the Lord, guys. So <laughs> we're on the right track. That's right. Yes. You got it. See, your resolve isn't broken. Until you say it's broken. And until you quit, you're still under that resolution. You choose whether or not it's working for you. Guys will say, well, does that mean that I can't, that this won't work for me because I sinned? Absolutely not. There's a great verse in Proverbs in chapter 24. That my friend Raul was just talking about this morning. In Proverbs chapter 24, in verse 16, he says, if a righteous man falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in time of calamity. Mm. Um, if you get by with only seven, fellas, you're doing great. Yeah. Okay? That's good. That's really good. It's uh, maybe 70 times seven. The idea is it doesn't matter how many times you fall. It matters whether or not you stay in the game. Do you get back up and do you go again? Understand it's going to take a little bit of time. In uh, Matthew chapter 23, a scripture that we read before, but want to touch on today in regards to the process of change. Jesus said to the Pharisees in verse 26, blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the dish so that the outside of it may become clean also. Please notice, guys, that the changing of the heart is something that takes place initially. The changing of the outside or the practice is something that happens as a byproduct of the change that has already taken place in, in the, the inner man. Right. Yeah. So we would anticipate there to be some lag time there, correct? Yeah. All right. So 
if you're experiencing a little bit of lag time <laughs> between what's happened by grace to what needs to happen in practice, that's natural. So, A, not only can we be encouraged because that's natural, it's part of the process, let's get back on the bike, let's go. But B, we also, we, there's really no excuse for not getting back on the bike. No, there isn't. Because we, we can't say, we can't tap out of this. We're right. not tapping out. We're, we're staying in the cage, so to speak. But we know that by doing so, we are going to overcome through Christ's power. That's right. Yep, you got it. Let's add 1 Corinthians here in uh, chapter 9. A little discussion that Paul has in verse 27. He says, I buffet my body, I make it my slave, lest possibly after I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. Hey, if this thing was all instantaneous, God just reached down, whacked you on the noggin, and the transformation occurred, then this would be unnecessary. Paul's continuing discipline of buffeting the body and making it his slave would be totally irrelevant. But he's still in the game. He's still working to try and make those changes and for me personally, that's a huge encouragement because I see in Paul, he's still in the game. Yeah, He's still working it. He's still, he's still going through the process of enslaving, of making the spirit win in the conflict between the mind and the flesh, between the spirit and the flesh. That's going to be one for us, according to Romans chapter 8, through the process of renewing the mind. But you know, Mark, before we get there, mm-hmm. all of this talk about... Getting back on the bike and 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 not giving up and not yeah, tapping out. You know right. what that really reminds me of? You know what? Sounds a lot to me like Christian, Christian Radio. KCRE 94.3. Oh, that sounds good. I've heard this before. Yeah. Hey, it's a fa- Wait a minute. I can't. When I'm not able. A great tasting Miller Lite. Oh, that, that was personal. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, my hallelujah's even broken. (laughs) We're broken. We're all in it together. So sad. So sad. We're all stumble and fall. Yeah, I'm not gonna take it. Not anymore. (laughs) It's gotta change the mind. Yes, we're gonna listen to something that's more positive. Something that puts us on the right track and encourages us to win. You think we can find something like that? Scan the dial. Give it a shot. Hey, there's one. I like this.
What a great song, Mark Schultz, All Things Possible. You know, one of the things I like about that is that he's talking about even there's times when we doubt, times when it seems like we're down and out, we know he's with us. And because of that, all things are possible through Christ. And it sounds cliche, but it's true. It is true. And that's exactly what our lesson is about today. That's exactly what this discussion deals with is when you sin, that's exactly how you feel. Like, I've been busted. I got beat today. Yep. And you want to just sit there for a while. But if the new creation is to be believed, then that means I can't just sit here. It's time to get up, dust myself off, and move on. By faith, Abraham. He went. He kept going. He yep. didn't He didn't get stopped there. So the challenge for us is always between the ears. Where we win this battle is is right there. It's in the mind. Romans chapter 8 says in verse 5, he says... Uh, Actually, let's add verse 4. He says, The requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. And those who are according to the Spirit on the things of the Spirit. The mind set on the flesh is death. See how the external follows the internal? Yep. But the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God. It does not subject itself to the law of God. It's not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. There's going to be times when you're feeling like, I don't know if I'm very much in the Spirit here because I just got whooped today. That's when we need verse 9. You are not in the flesh. But in the Spirit, if the Spirit of God dwells in you. And the Spirit didn't leave the moment you sinned. No. No. Because you are already forgiven, past, present, and future. Right. So get up, dust yourself off, and get ready to take another step. Colossians chapter 3 moves our mind the same way. He says in verse 1, If you have been raised up with Christ, which you have, then keep seeking the things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not the things that are on earth. For you have died, your life is hidden with Christ in God. You can set your mind on things above because you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So your mind should be where you are, which is raised up, with Christ. where Christ is. Right, right on. That's how we win, guys. That's how we win, is by setting the mind. Be diligent to continue Setting the mind. Setting the mind. When you say setting the mind, that means what? That means doing what we talked about last week. Finding that characteristic of Christ that you need to appropriate. Isolating it in the scripture where you see an instance thereof. And then putting that in front of your face daily. I'm going to take the time. I'm going to remind myself what patience looks like in Jesus. I'm going to remind myself what compassion looks like in Jesus. And then I'm going to remind myself that that spirit of patience and compassion dwells in me. Guys, if you're diligent to do that, and believe me when I say this, when you, if you're diligent to do that, you cannot help but change the outside also. If you're cleaning the inside through renewing the mind, setting the mind on things above, you know, looking at the character of Christ, at the glory of God, You can't help, but that transformation will take place. It'd be like Moses saying, well, I just don't know if this is going to work for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to look, Lord, but um, it's going to happen. 
realize, hey, there may be some time delay between when we start to when we start to see some results. But that's true in everything. That's yeah. true. That's true in every area of our lives. So that shouldn't surprise us. So get in there. Hey, if you stumble, you stumble. Get over yourself and move on. But be diligent to renew the mind. That is the place where this battle will be won or lost. Amen. One quick thing about that. Uh, if you have any questions with regard to this, we would welcome them on Facebook. You can message us. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of the questions that uh, there's some things that we haven't gone over in this that may come up as you're talking to your friends or situations that, quite honestly, maybe we haven't thought about or maybe a question you have about the process. We'd be more than happy to talk about that. We're here you for bet. you. Uh, we want to win, and we, but we want to win together with yeah, you. exactly. Uh, we want you to win. And with regard to that, Mark, um, one thing that could come up, just maybe, is this this idea about what Paul says in Romans chapter 7. Hmm, well, I'm in favor of Paul, and I like Romans, so yes. what could possibly go wrong? Well, Paul says something that, to the degree of, the thing I do, I don't want to do. The things I don't want to do, hmm. I do. There's nothing good dwells in me. What a wretched man I am. He goes on, and basically he's saying, I'm a slave to sin. I imagine there might be somebody who's talking about overcoming sin and, and, and winning who might read Romans 7 and get the idea that our destiny is slavery and sin because, after all, that's where Paul was. Well, I think we need to discuss that. Let's do that. Do you have time next week? Let's do it. I'll see you then. Mm-hmm.